Don't you worry about a thing. Jesus Christ is still the King. Welcome to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr on Iowa Catholic Radio. Every Wednesday, diving deep in the truth of the Catholic Church and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good, live from the Mercy Live Up Studio. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. This is Dr. Bud Marr. And we are coming to you live from the Mercy Live Up Studios here in beautiful Des Moines, Iowa. If you want to see the magic occurring as it occurs in the visual, you can go to our website, iowacatholicradio.com, and the webcam. You have a clear shot of Bud, a side shot of me. That's probably the way it should be. <laughs> 11.50 a.m., 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, and streaming live on the Iowa Catholic Radio app, brought to you by Blessman Ministries and the People's Abstract Company. And as always, we are underwritten by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where Bud and I have the privilege of working. Bud, middle of, uh, g- well, we're getting ready to have finals, sad students, happy students, all of those sort of students. What have you been up to lately uh, in your role uh, as advising students? So helping students get ready for the spring semester, registered for all their classes. As you kind of intimated, uh, final exams are right, are right around the corner. So there's some healthy anxiety, I think. Uh, you know, for me this time of year, like some students, it's it's almost too much pressure. For me, it was like right before you walk out of the tunnel at a football game, which I have no knowledge about. But <laughs> it was like, it's game time. Right. Get your game face on. Let's get ready, you know, to knock these out. And I can prove... What I know. Yeah, no, I like that. The, uh, we didn't have a tunnel in Pretty Prairie, Kansas, town of 500, but we did walk by the rodeo grounds, and I know what you're talking about. Like that sort of anticipation to show people what you're made out of. But yes, uh, if you're interested, uh, mchs.edu, you can go online and look. It is not too late to enroll for spring, and we'd love to have you. Uh, Bud and I, myself, are actually uh, teaching quite a few of our sections of servant leadership. Uh, which uh, that's always around this type of year that our students really start to understand um, the vision of what we're doing that for. So even though they're stressed out, it's still wonderful to have them. And thank you, Mercy College, for underwriting our show. We have a wonderful guest today, uh, Lila Marie Lawler. Uh, if you know who she is, she is you like her way better than you like Bud and I. If you are listening and you are one of the Lawler lights, I think that's your guys' name, uh, your people, um, then you are very happy to know that she's on the show. Uh, blogs at Like Mother and Like Daughter. She has two books. One, The Little Oratory, uh, Beginner's Guide to Praying in the home is simply fantastic and is a wonderful way uh, to try to address that in your home. She has a new book out on Kindle, God Has No Grandchildren, a guided reading of Pope Pius XI's encyclical on chaste marriage. And um, what we're really trying to talk about today, bud, is the public nature of marriage uh, with Lila. Yeah, and looking over her, her profile in preparation for this show, I'm really intrigued by this idea of a kitchen sink philosophy. Yes. I hope she gets into that some today. Well, and what I actually think is funny about this, I don't want to like put the Lawler family, uh, you know, on too much of, of watch or anything, but for great moments in church history, we want to talk about two saints, um, uh, uh, Marie and, uh, Louis Martin, the parents of uh, the Little Flower, which had a very holy family. Now, I'm not going to throw the Lawlers out there. That's a, a lot of pressure. But I have to say that, like, she is a well-known writer. Her daughter uh, is a well-known writer. Her husband, Phil Lawler, is a well-known writer. So it's pretty exciting to have a member of the Lawler clan here with us on the radio today. Yeah, so uh, public nature of marriage. You know, marriage, and in, in our culture, I think it can be construed as sort of this private decision that you make, and it only... You know, has to deal with your own happiness, your own subjective well-being. But it, uh, we want to get in this morning to 
conversations about how is this a public good? And for Christians, even more deeply, how do we witness to the truth of the gospel by how we love each other as husbands and wives, fathers, brothers, sisters, and down the line? Well, this is going to be a wonderful show, friends. Please make sure to come back. We'll be back in a minute with The Uncommon Good. Uh, See you in a moment. Choosing a bank is not an easy decision. When you bank with Northwest Bank, you'll know you've made the right choice. They provide exceptional service and accounts tailored to meet your financial needs by experts who make you feel welcome, delivering fast and friendly service. The priority at Northwest Bank is to offer you the latest banking conveniences to help make your life easier. Northwest Bank, online at bank-northwest.com. Northwest Bank is commitment you can bank on. Member FDIC. Support for Faith on Trial comes from Rick McConville, attorney and counselor at law. Experience client-focused legal services throughout Central Iowa. Rick McConville offers a wide variety of civil and criminal trial practice, injury and damage recovery, and other services in serving clients for more than four decades. Coppola, McConville, Coppola, Carol Hockenberg, and Scalise, PC, 2100 West Town Parkway, West Des Moines, 515-453-1055, or online at csmclaw.com. We're back on The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Bud Marr. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, like we said, the public good of marriage with a very special guest. Uh, Lila Marie Lawler is a wife of one, mother of seven, grandmother of nine and counting, living in central Massachusetts. She's a convert to Catholicism from nothingism. That's a wonderful way to put it. Lila practices kitchen sink philosophy, her term, at Like Mother, Like Daughter, a website offering practical and theoretical insight into all aspects of daily life. She's co-author of The Little Oratory, A Beginner's Guide to Praying in the Home, and her new book is available on Kindle, God Has No Grandchildren, a guided reading of Pope Pius XI's encyclical Casti Canubi on chaste marriage. Lila, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing? Great. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, It was an easy decision to ask you. I got to meet you when I was at Wichita, and like I said, um, when the word's getting out that you're on the show, you are you're vastly more popular than Bud and I, even though we have a webcam. So we're very, very pleased for you to come on the show and talk to us today. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. Well, I got a chance to uh, read your book uh, before I think it even got released on Kindle. I thank you for letting me get to do that. And it's a fantastic guided study. On one hand, I just want to say the craftsmanship of it, of being able to like help people dive deeper to an encyclical that's sometimes a hard thing to do and you did a splendid job oh Um, thank you yeah it's tricky but but, yeah but specifically for the show um the elements about the public nature of marriage and and to be honest there's many points that you can take on this but i was wondering what would you lead off in saying with marriage it's public nature what's what's the thing listeners need to know the most about to begin with well i i think um i caught a little bit of of your intro before, and um, you were saying a lot of times we view marriage as sort of this, you know, little private thing that we do, and maybe you could think of it as like a self-fulfillment project. I think many people think of it that way. Um, But I think what we've lost is this idea, uh, and it's hard even to say it without making it sound trite, but yet it's so true that marriage is indeed the building block of society so uh, this just goes so deep. It, it goes to the very, very beginning of creation and God's plan for what what society would be like in the world. And uh, a lot of times I think we look at the problems we have and we start to 
wonder how we can solve them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a lot of times it comes down to after we've gone through all the, you know, the Lockean ideas and the Hobbesian ideas and maybe even Plato and Aristotle and whatever, and then we we'll look at each other and we'll say, if only, if only there was a way that each person would ha- be able to be taught virtue and learn how to get along with others and learn how to follow God, if only there was a way. <laughs> and then if we could just realize that God had given us this way, this way is called the family, uh, in the words of John Paul II, every human being, all humanity passes through the family. So this little, uh, what the state, the, the uh, monolithic state views as a splinter group, this little insignificant unit, the family, actually turns out to be supremely important if what we're interested in is building a just society and, of course, as Christians, serving God. How do you serve God without knowing the good? How do you learn the good? It has to be as a little child in thank, the family. Thank you, Lila. This is Bud Marr. That's great stuff. And uh, your, your recent book, God Has No Grandchildren, it's a guided reading to Pius XI's encyclical, Cassie Conaby. And mm-hmm. uh, last night I was going through the encyclical again, and one thing that stood out to me in contrast to, so with recent arguments in our own society, around marriage, there's this kind of idea that the state or the government could tamper with the essence of marriage. But Pius XI, he starts out as an encyclical and he says, it's been a constant doctrine of the church that marriage was founded not by man, but by God. So it's a divine institution. Why is that so important in Catholic thought? Yes, um, you touch on a very important aspect of this document. He is very clear um, that that the the family is prior to the state, and that the only role of the state is to protect the family. Um, and this is not only completely contrary to the way we've been thinking about the family for the past um, I don't know fifty years or so, if not uh even further won't go into that right now but uh actually contrary to our laws right now which um with the advent of same sex marriage have removed that understanding and so now the state directly um, has authority over children without the mediating institution of the family because it has taken upon itself the right to redefine marriage Pius XI is completely against that he foresaw it and uh, he he could not be more clear that this is not according to nature um, and God's law. Well, that's a wonderful way to put that. This is uh, the Uncommon Good with Bo and Bud. We have Lila Marie Lola on talking about uh, the public nature of marriage uh, with her new book, God Has No Grandchildren. Um, Lila, I think that that's a wonderful way to phrase this is when you think about people bemoaning the fact that maybe virtue is not um, as a parent in uh, everyday life or I mean even like small complaints like people are rude now or kids these days you know all the sort of uh, trite things that we'll throw out that as you pointed out there's this much deeper crevice that opens up when we start to relinquish what God has intended for the family as a unit and as you point out particular 
members of the family with particular duties and rights. And, I, and if you get to read her wonderful book, which I encourage you all to do, that you actually do a very good job of talking about the particular roles, even though that might like upset some people how you, how, you know, we normally talk about these things. But you do this great point to say these are responsibilities that God wants the Catholic family, well, all families, but particularly Catholics to have. And if we relinquish them because of social pressure or whatever that might be, that we're doing a great serv- disservice, not just to ourselves and to our children, but literally the makeup of society itself. Right, right. Well, I think it comes back to um, looking at things through the eyes of ter- the church, through the eyes of God. God has ordered things to be hierarchical. There's an order to things, and the order um, is is preordained. It's given. We, because we've imbibed, um, for various reasons, the doctrine of equality, we've been trained to resist that idea of hierarchy. But actually, we, we, we cannot achieve happiness without understanding, deeply understanding, that things are ordered and have a hierarchy. We just celebrated the Feast of the Kingship of Christ. What does kingship mean but that there is a hierarchy and that some obey others, that ultimately we're obeying God, that the virtue of obedience is must be deeply embedded in everyone's heart. We all want to obey something. The question is just trusting the authority, tr- trusting that we won't be taken advantage of, and then knowing what the right thing to obey would be. Of course, it would be wrong to go through your your will into some pit of despair. That doesn't make sense. But if you know and you can trust God's word, then that brings peace. So when we look at the family and we try, we try to understand it through the eyes of the church, um, we see that um, so many things flow from that. When it's rightly ordered, we see that, uh, first of all, the institution itself comes from God from the beginning. We read in Genesis that he, I mean, the first thing we know the first thing we know about the creation of man is that man was created male and female. And then it's almost inevitable, we can see it coming, that there will be a unity between the two, and that unity is the beauty of marriage. And then from that flows this idea, um, as Pius XI wrote in another fabulous, amazing um, encyclical on Christian education, uh, that this mission comes from God and is immediately comprises the right to educate offspring. So right away you have this order and you have this natural consequence and it all flows and the most marvelous thing is that it's an adventure and it's beautiful. So there's nothing to fear. It's just a, an amazing fairy tale that is actually true. Lila, one principle we've talked about on the show previously is that of subsidiarity that mm-hmm. um, concern yes, I caught a bunch of that. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> concern should be dealt at the most local level possible. And this really comes into play when you're talking about the family, right? I've I've personally been challenged by your article on Crisis Magazine, a family-friendly guide to sex education. And you're talking about how we've been conditioned in our day and age to turn to experts for for every problem, but we don't realize that the concept of sex education is something like a shockingly new idea and that one of the oh, yeah. core missions of the family is to teach our children about life and love. And yet I know as, you know, a fairly youngish parent that that sort of idea can be intimidating. Do you have any um, 
practical advice for our listeners about how to talk to their children about marriage and family life and lifelong love and commitment? I do. Well, my my all my advice would be in that article that was in Crisis, um, the Family Friendly Guide to Sex Education. Not my title, <laughs> but uh, but. Um, but my main point there is that it's not about talking to your children. As a wise Catholic doctor, as I mentioned in the article, said, the talk is probably 15 minutes, um, is what he said. The living of it is a very different thing. What we have to understand, here's the thing, um, Bud and Bo, that we have to understand is that the family is a liturgical event. Mm. And therefore, it has grace. It has you know, the four levels of grace, the greatest of which is sacramental grace. So, I mean, in, in Pius the, the 11th says that, um, that God will directly communicate, communicate to the family in the natural order even um, what they need to know in order to educate their children. So when we ground ourselves, first of all, in the vision of the goals, of the family. So the goal of the family is to have children, to raise children, to educate them, and that is how we're going to affect the world. And actually, it's amazing because it shows you that two people can, can make a tremendous difference to the world if that's what's on your mind. How will I do something great for the world? Well, there's your answer, even for the most ordinary person. Um, so to have the goal in mind that this is what our, we are raising our children for, and ultimately to be children of God. He has no grandchildren. He only has children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then to live our life, each family to live as best they can in accord with that, that realization, then the education flows from that. And uh, I like to quote uh, C.S. Lewis from the uh, Abolition of Man, has a, a very interesting passage where he's talking about the various uh, philosophers and thinkers who he's, he's reminding us that they say St. Saint, Saint Augustine, uh, Plato, Aristotle, St. Thomas, that basically the child's ability to, to know what is, what is right and good, to like what he ought and dislike what he ought to dislike, comes before the age of reason. All of that it doesn't depend on talking. It depends on living ordinary family life, but with this, this goal in mind and in union with God and his plan. Well, uh, this is The Uncommon Good with Bo and Bud. We're talking to uh, Lila Marie Lawler. Um, Lila, we only have a few minutes left, but one of the things that really strikes me uh, that you that I think is really important for people to understand when they hear about equality, and especially in your work, you make the point that we've, um, like you said, overcompensated or, or have become too enamored with the term. You then make a very clarifying point. You say equality understood as sameness is what you are speaking against, but equality talking about mutual dignity and mutual respect, that that's exactly what John Paul II, for instance, um, mm-hmm. really lays out for us. So I know that we don't have too much time, but in a very short yeah. way, is there a way to just sort of really crystallize that for people, that equality in the Christian sense is not that everybody is the same, but there's this mutual dignity in fulfilling the role God has for us? I think the quick way to say it would be to use the word complementarity and to say that a person, every person has equal dignity, 
Every person was created um, and descends from the first creation of Adam and Eve, who were, uh, you know, clearly, in the words of Scripture, and if you just think about it, they were of the same substance. So therefore, um, it has nothing to do with one being better than the other, but there is complementarity, and that complementarity embraces all the differences and makes of them a, a shining, beautiful thing. Pius XI in this encyclical, Casti Kenobi, he, it's very clear, and I, I do mention this in the book, that he regards uh, this idea of equality in marriage as a demotion of the woman. He has a very beautiful passage where he talks about really how marriage properly understood in this idea of complementarity exalts the woman and her gifts, but they must be protected. So to the man it falls to protect, to protect the treasure that he has been given in marriage. So I would say if people could just think about complementarity and try to realize the damage that has been done by blowing equality out of proportion to the extent of, you know, that the the logical consequences of it are dire and death-dealing, and we need to... uh, to really try to see that the church sees it in a different way. Well, uh, Lila, this has been fantastic. <clears throat> excuse me, fantastic to get to talk to you. Um, it's always um, a little bit of a, a sad tinge moment when we start hitting the the nine twenty two element because I know that we have to uh, move yeah. on. <laughs> we could talk about this easily for thirty minutes. Um, one last time, do you want to just let people know where they can find your book and where they can find your regular writing? Sure. Well, if they would like to um, visit me for all the practical and theoretical details on the blog, it's like motherlikedaughter.org, and we'd love to see you there. And uh, the book is available on Kindle, God Has No Grandchildren. Love to have you. Uh, it's not very expensive, <laughs> so uh, get a copy, leave a review, and then the little oratory, which is how to live um, this way of faith in the home, Um yeah, that's available through Amazon. It's published by Sophia Institute Press and available there as well. Lila Marie Lawler, it's been a blessing and a great honor of Thank ours to get you. to speak with you. Thank you for uh, talking to us about this important issue of uh, the public nature of marriage. And I do hope that people take uh, advantage of all the wonderful insight that you have uh, on your blog and in your books. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. All right, guys, uh, we will be back in a minute with... Uh, you know, people's favorite moment with Bud and I, great moments in church history. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting the uncommon good with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We're heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. A fun and engaging new show that we hope our listeners will love. Be sure to listen. Choosing a bank is not an easy decision. When you bank with Northwest Bank, you'll know you've made the right choice. They provide exceptional service and accounts tailored to meet your financial needs by experts who make you feel welcome, delivering fast and friendly service. The priority at Northwest Bank is to offer you the latest banking conveniences to help make your life easier. Northwest Bank, online at bank-northwest.com. Northwest Bank is commitment you can bank on. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Tom Bozen, and we'd like to help make the moment mean more with same-day delivery to those you love. Since 1923, Bozen's has been blessed to participate in 94 consecutive seasons of giving in Iowa. 515-244-ROSE. Merry Christmas from Bozen the Florist.
And now, great moments in church history. The year 2015. The date, October 18th. The place, Rome. Louis and Marie Martin were being canonized by the Catholic Church, but this canonization would be like none other. Most of the folks who have gone in the hall so far, Jim, have been clergy and religious, and if they've been enshrined together, it has been as a group of martyrs. But Louis and Marie are one of the first in their positions to get in as a married couple canonized at the same time. It wasn't easy to get to where they were that day. The will of God was not always the easiest to track down, especially early in their life. Louis and Marie both tried to sign up to play on the other side of the ball camp, with Louis intending to become an Augustinian monk before learning Latin thwarted his goals. Marie had hopes of being a sister of charity, but was put on the religious life injured reserve with respiratory difficulties and recurrent headaches. The power couple turned their immense forces to other tasks. Louis became a superb watchmaker, and Marie's lace-making business was well-renowned. But together, they created a dynasty like none other, a family. Louis and Marie just can't be stopped. Successful in their family businesses, they also had nine children, Jim. Five of them becoming nuns. Through the hardship of losing four of their children when they were very small and raising a Catholic family in the ever-increasing anti-Catholic France, Louis and Marie overcame these difficulties and left the modern world one of the greatest gifts of all, St. Therese the Little Flower. When it comes to modern symbols of saints, Kent, the granddaddy of them all has to be Rose Petals, the calling card of St. Therese of the Sioux. The youngest of Louis and Marie, the little flower, changed the world with their little way, learned through the example of her parents. Louis and Marie Martin were canonized by Pope Francis, building on the concerted efforts of Pope J.P. II and Benedict XVI, providing for the contemporary church a sterling example of sainthood in the midst of family life. This has been another great moment in church history. Well, bud, I can't make a watch to save my life and I don't think anybody should rely on the Bonner family for lace making but when I do look at Louis Marie Martin and to know that they had uh, you know children that ended up a saint um, I don't know not to be mean to my children I think I might need to have a few more to get the saint <laughs> no I'm kidding <laughs> yeah the Mars probably have a, a ways to go too but I I'll be honest Bo I needed great moments in church history today uh, you know I've been giving Hawkeye fans a lot of grief throughout yeah. the autumn season um, but I was in Iowa City on Friday for a game which shall not be mentioned. So I was happy to do this today because it was kind of nice to think about football in a different context. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like I said, it's it's been great to get to talk about, uh, you know, of course, yeah. the Martins uh, having fun with that. But to, the, to have a, a talk about um, the centrality of the public nature of marriage, uh, again, something that we often think of in a public, uh, in a private way, but to talk about it publicly has been great. Yeah, when when Lila was talking, my mind kept going back to Ephesians 5, where St. Paul is talking about marriage and the mutual submission that husband and wife owe to each other. And at the end of this beautiful passage, he says, this is a great mystery, but I'm speaking of Christ and his church. And I, I don't know about you, Bo, but for me, sometimes it's a little nerve-wracking to think about sharing the gospel over coffee or wherever it happens to be, and I, that's essential, that's vital. But one of the most important things we can do as Catholics is, if we if we did enter the marriage vocation, to love our spouse as Christ loved his church. And that's, I mean, that in our day and age, that's just such an important witness to Christ's love, that we could have fidelity and uh, mutual submission and true charity within our marriages. 
Well, folks, all of you who are married out there, I hope that, uh, that you have a blessing with this great mystery that you're a part of. But even if you're not married, all of us are a part of a family. All of us are part of this great mystery of uh, Jesus Christ, our King. And so that's it for today, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. And I hope uh, that the blessing of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reigns in your heart, in your families, in our entire community and the entire world. Thank you, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and on the official Iowa Catholic Radio app.